Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au I want to share a, a thought this morning uh, before uh, we break bread together. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I just want to read a couple of scriptures and, uh, and then we're going to break bread uh, together as a church. Romans chapter 12, why don't we start uh, just reading from verse 9. The Bible says this, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. And then verse 11, this is what I want to focus on this morning. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. But never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And Father, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your spirit. And I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray, Father God, that you would speak to us today. As we prepare to break bread, Lord God, I, I, I pray that faith would be released. Uh, that there would be a sense of expectation that we would approach the table with zeal today, Lord God, I pray. And, and Father, believing that you're going to do something great in our lives. Let there be nothing in me as I share this that, that would hinder the delivery of this word. And let your spirit flow. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open our hearts and minds today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak today on the subject, the zeal uh, for the house. Zeal for the house. As people of God, we're called to express our faith with zeal, with passion, and with enthusiasm. Uh, we're not called to be a people that kind of mope around and kind of make excuses for our faith. We are called to be people of zeal, of passion, and of enthusiasm. Paul encouraged the churches as we read in our text. He said, never be lacking in zeal. It's, it's like an encouragement, a command to the church. He's saying, listen, there might be a temptation towards taking your faith for granted. But he says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual further. There's a sense of intentionality about that. It's, it, it, it's, it's a sense of, you know, take responsibility for this. Serving the Lord. David said that zeal for your house, it consumes me. Have you been consumed by something? Have you ever been consumed by a situation or by, or, by, or by something or by something that you're doing or whatever, something you're excited about? You, consume, you can't stop thinking about it. It kind of consumes you. Well, David said here that zeal for your house is what consumes me. It eats me up, says the King James Version. David wasn't just speaking about the building. He was speaking about what happens in the building. And he was passionate about worship and prayer and the presence of God and meeting together and, and the Word of God and hearing these voice. And David was passionate about everything that connected him with God. I wondered, can we say, when it comes to our faith, our devotion to God, the house of God, can we say with David... The zeal for your house, it consumes me. I can tell it's consuming us. 
When we got up this morning, did we go, oh, no, I got to go to church again this morning? Or did we say, well, I just can't wait to get to church. I just can't wait to get to church because something's going to happen this morning. Did, 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 did we get up thinking like that? Or did we go, oh, no, not, not church again. And then when we got in, we go, oh, he's not doing that song again. Oh, man, I hate that song, you know. <laughs> David said, the zeal for your house consumes me. Just can't wait to get there. I just can't wait to be part of God's people. And here's the thing about our passion and zeal for the things of God. It leaks. Our passion and our devotion to God is like a bucket with holes. It leaks. Doesn't matter how passionate we are for God one day, we can go through a season in our life where we love God, love the Word, where we worship, where we connect with God. It's powerful. I love those seasons. I just love them. I love when, when, when you come to church and it's the right songs and it's the, it is a word which is just for you and you think, oh, did he prepare that just for me? Where God speaks to us in a powerful way. I love those seasons. Man, we can be on fire in one season, but in the next season, it can so easily just disappear. The writer to the Hebrew says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what you have heard so that you do not drift away. Because if we do not pay careful attention to our faith, there's, an, there's a chance that we could actually drift away. There's the danger that we can drift away. There's a danger that we take everything for granted and our faith for granted and, and the church for granted. And we go, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we take what we experience Sunday after Sunday for granted. Some of you might be saying, Pastor Joe, that's a really good point. But not for me. My faith is strong. My faith is sure. I'm solid. I'll, I'll, I won't be drifting away. Maybe the person sitting next to me, I you know you're preaching to them because they really need to hear this, but, but not for me. I, I'm, I'm as solid as a rock. Well, if that's how you think, be careful because you're on shaky ground. I didn't say that. The Apostle Paul says that. Be careful when you think you're strong because that's when you're at your weakest. All of us need to understand that we can lose our passion for the things of God. We don't wake up one morning and go, you know what, I'm not interested in the things of God. It's a drifting away. It's a slow uh, a drifting away from the things of God. And if you don't believe me, all you need to do is look at the story of God's people, which is there as a reminder, as, as kind of a lesson for all of us about what can happen in our own lives. One day they were praising God for delivering them from Egypt. I mean, making a way through the Red Sea and, and so on and so on. God had done some amazing things amongst them. Within a you know, short space of time, they were, they were building and worshipping a golden calf. This, this same group of people that had seen God do some amazing things, within a short space of time, they've, they've created a golden calf. They're worshipping this golden calf. How did that happen? How did it happen? Here's the concern that I have as a pastor. My, my concern over the last 12 months is, uh, is as I'm not sure where the spiritual temperature is of the church. We as a leadership have been talking about this. You know, one of the analogies the Bible uses uh, for the church is, is that of a shepherd with their sheep. And, you know, it's not me, the shepherd. It's kind of us as a leadership team shepherding the congregation that God, is, that God, is, that God has given to us. And, and one of the things that we do is we, we kind of check, how's the church doing? 
You know, because you, you kind of try and measure the spiritual temperature of the church. You try to measure where the church is at, you know, in relation to God and, and what's going on and, and, and so on. And, and, then, and then we act accordingly or we, 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 we work accordingly. And, and my concern over this COVID period, this 2020 COVID season is that social distancing has led to spiritual distancing. They don't exactly know where the church is at spiritually. Although last Wednesday we had a prayer meeting. There's a great group of people that came and, and you know, we had just a great time of prayer in the presence of God. And I know we're doing well. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not concerned, but, but I just, I'm, I'm a bit nervous because we don't have the finger on the pulse. So I want to speak on this topic today because the last thing we want to become as a church is a religious church. The church where, a church where we gather, we go through the motions, having the rhetoric but lacking the power thereof. There's, if, if there's a, I don't want to call it a fear, but if there's a concern that I have more than anything else, if there's anything that gets me, uh, you know, uh, concerned more than anything else, is coming to church and just, just feeling like it's become a religion, not sensing the presence of God. Because what makes the church different is not the music, it's not me, I can assure you. It's the presence of God. It's, it's a sense that, hey, God is here in some capacity. It's the Spirit of God moving. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. What makes the difference in the church is the presence of God. And so the uh, presence of God comes when we are zealous for His, for his presence. And so... The question today is how can we maintain the zeal for the things of God? Well, I want to give you four areas where we need to maintain zeal, four areas where I believe we need to maintain zeal. And the first of those areas, some of this is going to be kind of just revision and, and so on, but I just pray that God will speak to us by His Holy Spirit today. The first of the areas that we need to be zealous in is in the area of prayer. So often when we think about prayer, we think about, you know, being quiet and somber and, and solemn. It's like God honours prayers that are prayed with a quiet voice. Don't make too much noise when you pray. Um, but as I read the Scriptures, what I see is people calling out to God with passion and zeal. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Book of Acts tells us that Peter and John were being persecuted for their faith. And when they were let out of prison, they went to the believer's house. They told them everything that had happened. The Bible says when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. How, how did they pray? Uh, well, there's a sense where they began to cry out to God, where, where they began to raise their voices to God. And as a result of that, the Bible says the place where they were meeting was shaken. Something happened because of the zeal that they had for prayer, the passion that they had for prayer, the passion they had for crying out to God. David said, evening and morning and at noon I will pray. Evening, morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. There's something about crying aloud unto God. There's something about being passionate in our prayer. Acts 2 says of the early church, they devoted themselves to a whole number of things. One of those things was prayer. They, 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 they devoted themselves. And, and the word devotion there is a, is a powerful word, which means a love for, a loyalty to. It, there was enthusiasm in their approach to prayer. If we're going to maintain our zeal 
or passion for the things of God, then we, then we need to be zealous in our prayer. We need to maintain zeal in our, in our prayer and in our, in our crying out to God. Now, please don't misunderstand me. It's not about how loud you are or how much noise we're making. It's about our passion in our heart. Can I hear an amen? You know, sometimes I've heard people screaming, you know, and, 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 and it, it's really about the heart, not so much about the volume. Can I hear an amen? It's about our, how passionate are we to cry out to God and to seek God? And um, if we're to maintain our zeal, we need to get passionate about prayer. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Again, there's a sense there where prayer needs to be intentional and persistent and relentless. Um, and I get that passion of prayer doesn't always involve loudness. I, I, I kind of get that. And I, I, I certainly don't want us to think that, oh, Pastor Joe, do you want me to pray just a little bit louder? Because maybe God's a little bit deaf. So if I pray a little bit louder, then they're, oh, they're praying. They just, they just raised past the decibel level that I need to answer the prayer. You know, I mean, it, it, that, that's not how God thinks. It's got nothing to do with the, with the loudness. It's got to do with the, with the zeal and the passion of the heart. But I don't know one, about you, but one of the things I know is that when we're passionate, there's an expression in, in even in how we how we express our passion to God. If we're going to have a zealous faith, we need to be zealous in prayer. I wonder. I wonder what our approach is when it comes to prayer. Are we kind of, you know, prayer, uh, or are we zealous about prayer? Are we passionate about prayer? I can't wait to meet with God again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I, as I said, this week we had our prayer meeting and, you know, it was just great. Just great to see such a good group of people here uh, uh, that come and pray. And I, I know that we're zealous for prayer and I know that we're zealous for the things of God. I just want to encourage you to continue to do that because it's a demonstration of a heart that says, you know, when I pray, something happens. Whether that when we pray, something can shift. That when we pray, that our circumstances can change. It's a zeal for prayer. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I'm going through some tough times and I'm going through some situations which I can't, I can't kind of resolve and, and I, I can't get my head around. And, and you, know, uh, you know, there are times I'll hear a sermon or there are times I'll, I'll do a few different things. But, you know, the more and more there's a cry in my heart. You know what I need to do? I just need to find a quiet spot and I just need to pray because I've got no idea what to do in my situation. There's a zeal for prayer. There's a passion for prayer. There's an understanding that prayer changes things. I pray that as our church, as a church, we will never lose that. I, I, you know, but Pastor Joe, well, how do we get the presence of God? How do we make sure that the glory of God is, is filling the house? I tell you how it happens. It happens when God's people start to go into the presence of God and begin to cry out to Him. Can I hear an amen? amen. The zeal is getting a little bit better. Hopefully by the end of the message, it's going to be, you know. Second of the areas we need to be zealous in is the area of praise and worship. I heard your praise and worship this morning. You're doing amazing. There's one person who was zealous about praise and worship. It was David when he says, the zeal for your house consumes me. Big part of what he meant was being zealous about worshiping God. I love the house of God because it represented a place where he could praise, where he could express his love for God. And worship is simply a physical expression 
of our devotion and love for God. I love the modern day worship. I love the instruments, the lights, the songs. I love it all. I actually do. But one of the biggest concerns I have is that we can be so taken by the presentation that we forget to worship. <laughs> Amen. Hmm. And watching worship is not the same as worshiping. I know that worship isn't just something we do in church. It's a lifestyle. I get that. You know, some of you are going to say, Pastor Joe, you know, worship is bigger than just what happens. I get all of that. Worship is a lifestyle. And, and you know, I get that some of us have reduced worship to church. I came to church. We sang four songs or three songs. I can't remember how many you sang this morning, but we sang the three songs. I've done my worship for the week. I'll see you next week. I get that worship is more than just that. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, 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 uh, is, involves a lot more than just singing. But I believe one of the measures of our passion for God is, is our passion for worship. If you're worshiping during the week, you can't wait to get here on a Sunday to begin to praise and worship God because there's something about corporate worship. I love worshiping by myself. I love singing. My voice is amazing. I love singing. I love, I love, I love, I love uh, uh, just singing unto God. And, and you know, uh, I, I, when, I, when I'm worshiping, I'll start singing new songs unto God. The Bible says, sing a new song unto the I do all of that. It's, you should come and hear it sometime. I'm going to invite you to come and, and come and listen. You know, it could be the next big hit. You never know, you know. Uh, I, I, I love all of that. I love worshiping God. I love it. I love it. There's something very powerful about worshiping God. But there's something even more powerful about gathering with the people of God. And often as I'm singing or listening to a worship song, I say, I can't wait to get to church and sing this with other believers because there's something powerful about that. I know some people think worship should be reverent and somber and reflective. One guy once said to me, he said, we don't need to have a rock concert in church. I never saw this as a rock concert, but then I thought, oh yeah, I guess, I guess we've got the whole box and dice here. It's kind of like that. And sometimes we get the impression that God delights in quietness. Please don't misunderstand me because I know, I know I'm kind of leaning towards one way for this message. Please don't misunderstand me. There's a place in church for reflection, for meditation, for being still. But some people think that's the way it should be. Some people think that's the way it should always be. And these are the same people who on Saturday are at Adelaide Oval screaming for the team. Shouting when there's a goal. But in church, they're like, you know. <laughs> I still remember uh, many, 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 many moons ago when they used to play State of Origin with, uh, in the footy, you know, and there was a, it was an SA Victoria game, uh, football park, full stadium, and it was last minutes of the game, and game was close, and uh, Kernahan marks the ball in the goal square and kicks a goal. Now, I, I can assure you the fans didn't say, people didn't turn around to each other and they say, well, that was a delightful kick, you know. <laughs> very, very proud of Conahan. I, I can assure you the crowd didn't do that. I mean, are you, when, when he kicked that goal, the place went berserk. I mean, people rose to their feet and they, you know, no, some people in church will never lift their hands. My hands are not going up. But you watch them on Saturday when the Crows, because that's really what we're interested in, when the Crows score their goal, you know, and, uh, and, and they get up out of their seat, they're screaming, hands are lifted high. It's an expression of praise. It's an expression of praise. 
been watching the EPL, the English Premier League, uh, recent, in recent times. I mean, you know how people say, um, you know, my religion is soccer or whatever it is. How many people know that's true? You, you go to one of those games and you go, man, there's more to this than just the actual, these people kicking this little ball around, around here. There's something here. I mean, you go to a game. We went to a game, went to a Chelsea game. It was amazing. It's just phenomenal. Those guys sing. They sing at a game, especially in England. They, those guys know how to sing. There's worship there. There's fellowship. They get together and they're talking to each other. It's, yes, the, the game is important to them, but there's a lot more going on. than just, it, just, it just resembles church. Plus, there's the offering too. That's okay. You know, before they walk in, they've got to pay the offering. You know what I'm saying? They actually got a ticket they've got to pay in. You've got the fellowship, you've got the worship and the offering. I mean, that's church. Come on, man. What else is missing? What, what else is there? And it's just amazing how they express their, their worship, so to speak, for, their adoration for their team. And yet when we come to church, we think, oh, we've got to be somber. As I look at the Scriptures, worship was anything but somber. David said, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. Clap your hands, all your nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Psalm 47.1. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. Again, I get that passionate worship doesn't always involve noise. I get that. I get that. Please understand, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. I, I think at times we, 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 we don't understand the power of just being still before the presence of God. There's a place for that. But there's also a place for zeal and for the expression of our faith. And where there's the passion in the heart, there's also a physical expression. There's the raising of our hands and clapping of our hands and singing with everything we have. And some of you, I want to encourage you to do this because I know some, some people are afraid, you know, but what are, what are people going to think of me if, if you know, I, 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 you know I, lift, I lift my hands and what are people going to say about me, you know, and, and you know, the guys at the footy or, or, or the side, they don't care what the person next to them is thinking. There's just this, this natural reaction for their passion for their team. I, I, I just pray that we would become passionate about the things of God like that. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe you've never lifted your hands and you're, you're concerned. You know, you, some, some, sometimes, and I know that. I, you know, I, I, I know I've been through those phases and stages where you think, you know, gee, everyone's going to be looking at me. I can assure you, very few people are looking at you and thinking, oh, gee, he lifted his hands. You know, you know it's amazing. Write that down, someone. He lifted his hands. You know, <laughs> I saw that. You know, no one's concerned about you. We're all looking towards the front and we're all worshiping. It's just something very powerful about just expressing our worship to God. Something very powerful about that. Um, and I want to encourage you. Come on. Let's never lose the zeal for passion and worship. Amen? Amen. It hasn't changed much. Uh, third of the areas we need to be zealous in is in the area of being right with God, righteousness or holiness. Holiness is not a word that we like to use in the church, but the word means to be set apart. It means that there ought to be something that distinguishes the people of God from those that are not. There ought to be something that differentiates followers of Jesus Christ from those who are not. That the way we live, the way we speak, the decisions we make ought to be consistent with the character and the nature of the God that we serve. We are called disciples of Jesus Christ. We are called followers of Jesus Christ. And we ought to live in a way that is consistent with 
with, with, with our Saviour, with, with our Lord. As Christians, we're called to be passionate about being right with God, about doing the right thing, about standing for what is right, and sometimes even calling out what is wrong. There's a zeal about being right with God. We're called to be right, to, 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 to stand up for what is right. To be passionate about that. Great example of this in the Bible. God had delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt in a powerful way. Part of the Red Sea defeated the Egyptians, led and guided them. But despite all of that, the people of Israel began to turn away from God. Numbers 25 records one of these situations. It's, a, it's an interesting story. And let me read you the text. Let me read it straight out of Scripture for you. While Israel was staying in, I don't know exactly how to present, pronounce this word, uh, I'll let you pronounce it however you think you should be pronounced. It, it doesn't sound like it was a very good place. They shouldn't have really been there. Already you know, it's not the kind of place you should be in. Uh, you're going to be in trouble. And listen, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to their sacrifices, to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before their gods. There's a backstory to this, which you can read in Numbers 23 and 24. A very powerful story. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Poer, Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. In other words, they became one with these gods and God was angry. Just, you just got to think about this for a minute. This, this is the God that had delivered them. Then suddenly they became, they yoked themselves with these gods and God wasn't happy. Lord said to Moses, verse 4, take all the leaders of these people, kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord. So that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Bible says that as a result of their sin, God sent a plague, which is very interesting. Among them that started to kill the Israelites. In the midst of this, and this is verse 6 now, an Israelite man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So this plague starts to come through Israel. People are weeping and they're crying out to God. This dude, this dude, uh, he says, you know, I don't care what God thinks. I don't care what Moses thinks. I don't care what the leader thinks. I'm going to do my own thing. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man and into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. God said this about Phinehas. Since he was as zealous for my honour among them as I am, he and his descendants will have a lasting priesthood because he was zealous for the honour of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. Everybody go, wow. Just, just go, wow. Wow. It's an interesting story. There are times where we need to take a stand for truth and righteousness. I'm not saying we do what, well, this is Old Testament. Let's get that straight. Please don't. But there are times where we need to take a stand for truth and righteousness. Jesus got angry when he saw the temple being misused. Here, here they were, the temple that was, was created as a, as a place where people could worship God. And, 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 and they start making money out of, out, of, out of the church. And Jesus was angry. He comes into the temple. He starts throwing the tables over. And the disciples make reference to one of David's words. The zeal for my house has consumed me. If we're going to have a zealous faith. We need to get back to a zeal for holiness. 
righteousness and being right with God. At New Year's Eve, Lena and I thought we would have a quiet one. Getting older now, you know what I mean. So we thought we'd go to Glenelg and have a nice meal at the marina, watch the sunset, have a romantic evening. Little problem with us is we usually don't book anywhere, you know. Um, we just went by faith, believing that a door would open. Um, what we found when we got there, there were no places in the inn. Every place was booked and every place was closed. So we ended up on Jetty Road, uh, sitting outside uh, as people passed by. The alarm bells already started to go off because I saw a lot of security guards everywhere. There were these uh, fluorescent tops. And I'm going, this doesn't look very, very good. So why are all these people here? Police on horses and all sorts of things. Uh, all, all I can say is we haven't been there for a long time and I realise why uh, we haven't been there on New Year's Eve for a long time. I realised why and I remembered why maybe this is not a great place to be on New Year's Eve. Some of you are going, well, hello, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I, 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 just, I just, we couldn't believe uh, just the drunkenness. Uh, people were not eating, they were drinking. They weren't, eat, they weren't eating, ordering food. So we managed to find one place, you know, one place let us in. Uh, uh, they, had, they said they had a place in the stable where, that, where we could eat, so <laughs> where we, uh, just outside. And um, so we're eating outside, and uh, it's, it's already ominous because the restaurant, it's just a restaurant, it's just a basic restaurant. It's, it's, it's got a bouncer at the front. In fact, there were two bouncers at the front. So you already know this, this isn't going to be good. And so, certainly while we were eating, a couple of guys nearly got into a fight in front of us and they had lost, they were, they were, they were, they were drunk as, you know, whatever, and they're fighting and, and it, it's, just, it's just awful. And, and I need to be honest, I was shocked to think that this is normal behaviour. That this is the world's way of having a good time. That in order to have a good time now, I mean, you just have to, you have to lose it, you know. And here's my concern. That at times, that way of thinking is kind of creeping in, has this way of creeping into our own lives and into the life of the church. That we think to have a great time, we need to do the same. Pastor Joe, you're saying we shouldn't drink. No, I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. The problem is not the drink. The problem is we have lost our zeal for the house of God. Our spiritual life is leaking. And if we're not careful, what happens to the people of Israel can happen to us as, as well. I believe in having a great time. I believe the church ought to celebrate. We need to learn how to celebrate. We're not really good at celebrating. We need to learn. All throughout the Bible, God was, God, God was very interested in people celebrating. But there's a way... To celebrate, that leads to you know, great joy and all the rest of it, everything we want it to be. And there's a, and there's a type that just leads to, to, to hell, <laughs> literally. It's terrible. If we're going to have zealous faith, we need to be zealous in holiness and righteousness. If we're going to be the salt of the, and the light of the earth, there needs to be something different. And at times we need to be zealous about standing for what is right in the name of Jesus. Fourth of the areas we need to be zealous in, worship team come in, is the area of people. The closer we get to God, the more passionate we become in our faith, the more passionate we become about people. There are two kinds of people we need to be passionate about. First, it's the people in the church. There needs to be a passion to come to church, 
together with God's people, support each other, help each other. Paul said to the Galatians, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As much as we have an opportunity to do good, let's do good, especially to God's people. Peter says, above all else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. This week we launch our life groups um, and we want to encourage you to be part of that. Because there ought to be a zeal and a passion in our hearts to spend time with God's people. But secondly, there ought to be a zeal for those who are far from God. If there's one thing that God is zealous for, it's people that don't know Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God didn't just give His leftovers, He gave His best because He loves people, especially those who are far from God. And, 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 and God is passionate about seeing people who are far from God come to know God as their Lord and Saviour. And if God was so passionate about people, we ought to be as well. Paul encouraged the churches and he said, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. I wonder today, where's your passion and zeal for the house of God? Maybe if we're honest, we're going to say, you know, it's kind of slipping. My prayer is that God would restore the zeal and passion for the enthusiasm for the house of God. Uh, one more area we should be zealous in is in the area of, 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 of breaking bread. Jesus said to his disciples before he went to the cross, he said, with fervent desire, with zeal, I've desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And I pray that we would approach communion today with passion, believing that God could minister to you and to me, that God would speak, that God would heal, God would restore our zeal for the passion for the, and the passion for our faith so that we too can say like David, the zeal for your house is consuming me. You know, communion is always a special time. Every first Sunday of the month, we, we celebrate communion because Jesus said it's something we should do. The early church did the same, and so we do the same. And communion can be just, just, just oh, well, you just got to tick that religious box. It's what you do in church. Take communion. Or well, we, we can approach this with passion, zeal, with faith, believing that God could do something in our lives today. My prayer is that that's how we would approach the emblems today. For me, the emblems are a point of contact. They're a place where we can connect with God. And I don't know what you're going through today, but I want you to know that the presence of God is here. You know, I think about that, the, the woman with the, with the sickness, with the issue of blood, and she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I, 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 could, I could be made whole. And, and she pushed through the crowd to just touch Jesus. I want you to know his spirit and his presence is here today. And he wants to minister to you. He's wanted to break bread with you. He's, he's, he said of his disciple, I've been, I've been wanting to do this with you. And he's saying to you and me, I've been wanting to break bread with you, with you. And as we break bread together today, I pray that we would reach out to God. Because I believe that something could happen in our hearts and lives here this morning. One of the prayers I've been praying, I, don't, I haven't forgotten the message that I preached in January about the Lord filling the house with his glory. 
It's kind of stayed in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit. And my prayer has been, God, fill this house with your glory. With your glory, Lord God. It's about His glory. And my prayer is that He would come and fill the house with His glory. Because that's what we need more than anything else. How does that happen? It happens as we maintain our zeal in prayer, in worship. A zeal for righteousness. It's not perfection. Not I've got to be perfect. God is not, ah, you're not perfect. No, it's a, it's a zeal for just being right with God. Being more like Jesus. And a zeal for the house of God, for the people of God. So today we're just going to sing a worship song. Then we're going to break bread together.